Blog Talk Radio. tonight i got a great guest on tonight man and i'm so excited and i just want to get it started this artist that i have on today this young lady is uh such a humbling 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 person to be in her presence and um she has an album out it's called soul march and it's on the soul chance label which happens to be her label her name is none other than miss chandrika Krishnamurti tandem and I would uh, be interviewing her through the show. And what we're going to do is actually have a little listening session tonight. And we're going to listen to a few tracks up of her latest album, the Soul March album. If you remember, she did um, Soul Chance, which was her first album, which was nominated for a Grammy uh, back in 2011. And now she's doing it again with Soul March. So... Let's uh, sit back, relax, and just listen, and I really hope you enjoyed the interview and enjoy the music of Miss Chandrika Krishnamurti Tandem, right here on Hoodrich Magazine, What's Rich, Your Hood, with J.R. Strong on the Keys 107 Network. Bye. 
I could just spend like six or seven hours literally not leaving a spot mm. and where I'm intensively working on a piece or composing or practicing something or I'm working with a master for, you know, 10, 12 hours or 15 hours in that day in three different sessions. Mm. Because um, sometimes finding my teachers is very difficult for me. My teachers are in India or in different parts of the world, so I have to go and follow them. Wow. And they, so they don't live in New York. Wow, so you're a globetrotter. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of what takes priority, sometimes it's all music. And sometimes when I'm very intensively involved with the university or I have to travel for work or 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 for or for my business then I can't very well pick out my my little uh, you know instruments and yeah. start singing on the plane or or in a meeting though sometimes my clients say to me was that you humming under your breath <laughs> <laughs> so you start to explore all different sides of yourself you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so how how do you um create your music where does the inspiration come from and where where did your techniques come from because when I listen to your voice what an instrument and I have to call it an instrument because you I mean just to hear your notes and the, the melodic lines and how you you're like a wave you ride it just like a, a surfer riding a wave where does that come from well I wish I, I could take credit for it but I can't because it's somewhat genetic mm. you know my mother is a beautiful singer even though she never really became a famous musician or anything so the voice even from the time I was little people would say oh you have a great voice and I think so any um, gift I have in terms of the texture and quality of the voice I have nothing to do with it was mm. simply given to me by God Amen. Uh, <laughs> and I think uh, I do work on you know, I have been working on training the voice and training and learning the music. Because in Indian music, a lot of uh, the singing is very focused on pitch. Mm. And being pitch perfect, particularly when you're traversing all these complex notes and complex combinations, mm -hmm. is a very important part of the tradition. Mm. So we spend hours just perfecting the microtone mm. of a particular note. And microtone. the microtone. So, you know, very often even I hear a uh, normal concert, like if I hear just like a, sometimes of uh, any instrument, even in another singer, whether it's Indian or non-Indian, my ears are very, very attuned mm. to the pitch. And in fact, in my own singing, I always find, oh my God, I could have done that better. I, could have, I, I hear a lot more than I'm actually able to produce. Mm. Now, um, listening to your, your, your music, the the lyrics that you sing and um, most of them are chants and what you call raga. Explain to us what is raga. A raga is basically a scale. Mm -hmm. So if you take a set of you know we have in the Western tradition we have do re mi fa sol la ti do. That is a scale mm -hmm. and what we have in Indian music mm -hmm. is we have multiple scales so you could have the simple do re mi fa sol la ti do mm -hmm. you could have a scale which is a pentatonic scale mm -hmm. which is just you know five notes going and five notes coming back mm -hmm. you could have scales which ascend in a particular way and descend in a particular way mm -hmm. so a raga is simply a set of a scale and it, it has a certain set of rules about how you can go up 
on the scale and how you can come down on the scale. Mm. And that is what a raga is and that's what's used. So, for example, if you only had five notes, if you only had those five notes, you have to compose in those five notes. Mm. So I can't add any additional notes when I'm composing. Wow. So a raga, this raga, for example, that I just did, that's a raga called Bhupali. Bhupali. And one of my compositions in one of my earlier albums is in Bhupali. Ragupati 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 
the cognoscenti sort of uh, know when I say Bhupali what it means if you're an Indian listener who's, who's got an understanding of Indian classical music the rules are commonly shared and commonly understood mm. so it's a label it's, and it's very similar to when we talk of jazz scales mm -hmm. if we say for example um, a super um, uh, Mixolydian scale that would be very similar to one of the ragas that we have in Indian mm. in Indian music oh, okay. because it's a comp it's a set of notes and so the compositions that I make are built off each rule so I pick out and and you know you can have endless combinations of ragas so mm. there are hundreds of ragas wow. literally literally hundreds of ragas because there are pentatonic you know the full range you can have pentatonic up and seven notes coming back down, mm -hmm. septatonic down, so you can have all different combinations. Wow, that is amazing. Um, I also noticed like when you when you perform, now it's usually not just you alone, you have like a full orchestra yeah. and, and choir and uh, wow, that's a lot. About how many people uh, does it take to participate in one of your performances? Well, I have a, somewhere between um, an eight to ten piece uh, instrumental band, mm -hmm. and sometimes I use local musicians when I when I travel, mm -hmm. and then I have a choir which has been as much when we performed in Lincoln Center, we had a thirty member choir, mm -hmm. but you know seven to thirty, wow. and sometimes even more because I train a community choir up in Queens. Oh, 
And uh, in Lincoln Center, for example, many of those members came and played and sang with me. Mm -hmm. But so we have we have quite a full stage. It's a very joyous stage. It is very. I, I've I've seen some of the um, pictures and um, videos and whatnot, and it's very very grand. Right. It's grand, but it's also uh, a serene. Um, it's, it's like mystical in a sense because <laughs> it takes you. You know you. I, I listen to chamber music now and then, and it, it's sort of the same type of vein there. It just takes your mind and your body and just takes you just off of these tones and hearing these sounds that just make your body react, you know. And, and that's amazing to be able to do that, you know. I'm, I'm really amazed. When I when I first um when I first met you and um, Soul Call that album and I, I listened to the album. And I didn't know what you were saying, but I didn't have to. I didn't. I didn't have to understand the dialect because I could feel it. You know, I could feel everything that you were saying, and, and, and it just takes you. It just takes you away from where you are. You know, so you could be in the midst of a battle, and things are blowing up around you. And if you're, you're taking in that music, that music just takes you somewhere that where the waterfalls are, where you see the birds just. And the breeze just hits you and you just lay back and okay. Or you wanna meditate. You know, you wanna worship. You wanna you know, and that's 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 a gift that only the creator can give and he's definitely blessed you with that. Thank you. You know, um a doctor wrote to me um two days ago and he's an ENT surgeon and he said that the music, the new album, he's now playing it in his operating theater when he operates mm. because he feels he can uh, operate better when the music is playing, playing and, and because he expressed some of the similar yeah. feelings that you had. And I think that's been one of the most beautiful uh, things about the music, John, which is thousands of letters thousands of emails from people for the previous album and they're beginning to come on this album now where people just talk about what the music did to them and I'll tell you one one beautiful story we had this lady from Hawaii who said that her sister an American from Hawaii whose sister apparently had a brain tumor and she couldn't um, she 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 had lost most of her faculties and she was in her final stages and she apparently would signify by her eyes that the only music she wanted to listen to was soko wow. and in fact then she wrote to me a few weeks later when she passed away that they were they, last june that they took the ashes and and the music into the ocean in hawaii on a boat and that's what she wanted wow. But this is this is a more poignant story. But there's so many beautiful stories like this, and you know, when people have written, uh, a lady called me up uh, a couple of days ago, and she said she is obsessed with the music so much that she hears it five times a day. Mm. The new album sold much, and that she because and it's not because I'm a particularly good musician. There are a lot of wonderful musicians. I think the mu this music helps you find your own music. Mm. It's finding the the energy inside you and I think that's why people are responding and right. I and I'm grateful that I can be part of it in what, some small way in a way that's what 
you know, I, I believe most musicians and people that are artists, that's what they want their work to do in some way to touch people in, in their own way. Right. You know, and, and to be able to do that, like I keep saying, it's amazing because, you you know, if you listen to the majority of, um, you know, different styles of music that out today, a lot of them, a lot of the music has no no real life to them. You know, it's just like, um, it's just plain and there's no feeling, you know, they just it because of, yeah, we can, we can move to it, you know, but when you can actually sit down and like I said, I, I, I might not understand the lyrics, but I understand the feel and the concept of everything that's coming from it. Even when I listen to Soul March and I'm, I, I notice the difference in the, the style of the music, you know, the different style, and I heard the more rhythm, the more jazzy, the little samba, the little, you know, I was like, okay. And then I heard the saxophone and, the, you know, the different instruments. That, that was used in the Did you album. like it? I loved it. I was like, okay. I think I left you a comment on Facebook. I was saying that um, I, I, I now see that you're ready for the big screen. <laughs> it's epic, you know. I can, I can actually hear your, your music in, in one of these big epic films. Ram, 
musicians on Soul March. Wow. And we recorded in two countries. We recorded both in India mm-hmm. and in New York. Wow. So we had amazing, we had like world-class themes like Romero Lubambo on the guitar. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, Lou Marini on the saxophone. So we had all these people play. Mm-hmm. And then we also had just, I think, the best musicians on the planet from India <laughs> playing. And, and honestly, I think all of these musicians are a lot bigger musicians than I am and mm. so it's really an honor that they even played on the album and, and shared their gifts with me. Well, the mu- like I said, the music makes you want to, you know, be a part, you know, but even with my little involvement that I had on, on yeah. phone call, I was like, I was like, wow, this is great because it was, one, it was something that I've never done before in an environment that I've never been in before and it was so, it was so comfortable. You know, a lot of times you go to things and you're very uncomfortable about being there and like, oh my God, this was like, ah, and you left, I left with that feeling of, ah, okay, what am I going to do? Everything is okay. <laughs> That's such a beautiful way to you put know, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I want to tell you what they mean. Yes. You know, each, in this, in Soul March, mm-hmm. this is a beautiful song, the, the origins of the song. Mm-hmm. It says, the basic song says, Ram. Rama, and I want to tell you what Rama means. Ra is the sun god, you know, mm-hmm. light. Mm-hmm. Ma is inside me. That's a Sanskrit word. So it says Rama, says the light inside me, mm-hmm. give me wisdom. Mm. So the whole song is Rama, give me wisdom, and give everyone else wisdom. And boy, John, you got to agree, we need a lot of wisdom. We need a whole lot of wisdom today. Because if we could all really revel in this wisdom, we would just go for peace, harmony, and yes. really know we are all love. Yes, definitely. And we should be sharing a whole lot of love. A whole lot of it. We need it today. With everything that's going on today, I'm, I, I, it's kind of hard to even sometimes mention the word love, man, because it seems like people don't get what love is. You know, everybody has their own concept of what love is. But we are love. There you go. We are love. We, we, are, are, we are it. Mm. We are the embodiment of the it. Embodiment so, of love. That's it. And so a lot of it is just... And this song that I took, the traditional song, mm-hmm. uh, you, you've heard of Mahatma Gandhi. Yes. 
and you know years and years ago this was in 1930 mm -hmm. you know the british were occupying india mm -hmm. and there's no offense to all my british friends or anything but basically they um, put a, a tax on india mm. called a salt tax mm. so what they said is that any time now any salt that's made it has to be paid for and that they put a very heavy tax and india salt is used in all the cooking so in an, but the indians were really the cost of all their foods everything went up right mm -hmm. so gandhi said this is unjust so he started to lead a, a group of people in non-violent protest mm -hmm. for 241 miles mm -hmm. so it started out with 78 followers from his little village from his ashram you know in in one of the villages and they walked for many many days for 241 miles then he went to the ocean and he took the water of the ocean held it against the sun and produced salt and said salt is free you can't tax us for it he was put in jail everybody was beaten but then that began the beginning of the uh, the indian freedom movement mm. so this song is a very beloved song of india and and in a sense when i composed this album gandhi did this peace march this march to find and express your truth but martin luther king did it yeah. nelson mandela did it so to me this is a tribute to mm. all of these marches it's a tribute to and by the way, you had these incredibly wonderful activists who did the marches, but you also have you and me and all of us are all trying to seek freedom. The woman who walks, works three jobs to protect, to support her children, she's looking for freedom. She's looking for economic freedom because she wants her kids to be educated. You and I were just talking about our children. You know, we work hard because we want our children to do well. Whether it's poverty or education or freedom from stress, ourselves that we struggle with. So I think all of us are seeking freedom in some way. And this whole album of Soul March, that's why I called it Soul March after the Salt March. Right. It's a march to freedom. It's a march to your inner truth. So I keep on asking this, this light inside me to just illuminate me completely and all of us. It's a wish not just for me, it's for all of us, that we live up to our higher self. Chandra Charanam Bhavaram 
lot of people really need to. I, I know when this show airs, I'm going to get a lot of phone calls. You know, because so, uh, the, the truth is the truth right now. And we're living in a day of truth. Okay, if you understand, because everything is open right now. Either you're good hearted or you're not. You know what I mean? And, and right now, to, to help the world understand that we really need to help one another and not not so much of uh, being greedy and thinking that I have and you know I have this and this is mine and I can't share it with you so I'm the only one that's going to eat it I'm the only one that's going to live good and that's not the way that we should be thinking you know in order to keep mother earth alive you know okay. and and saying that let me ask you about the um the uh, your your label so, chance. chance, music, music. Now, I understand that most of the proceeds from your your your, your albums, um, the proceeds, most of them go to charities. Hundred percent of them. Oh. So we basically, you know, we the the whole label is a not for profit label. Mm. The expenses and income are all um, for not for profit. And and really, what my goal is is really to use. I only do concerts which are benefit concerts. Mm. I don't take money. And I then allow people to sell the albums which benefit causes. causes. So, for example, we did a concert in Colorado where, um, where a group of young women have gotten together and they've put uh, yoga and well wellness programs. It's called a wellness initiative. And they've put this in all the schools, in, mm. in all the inner city schools. And the children are with the exercise and with calming their mind they the, the videos I saw of the children were unbelievable and so I was so impressed with their work and and I wanted to support them so like this there have been so many causes you know we had one foundation that we worked with uh, where they gave uh, the CD to inmates in prison mm. in New York really so it's what I'm so it's a truth um, that we both know, John, which is music crosses all boundaries. Yes. And you were just saying a little while ago that you don't understand the words, but it does something to you. I mean, my earliest, my happiest moments in my life have yeah. been about music. And by the way, they've been with the White Album of the Beatles as much as they've been with, you know, Roberta Flack right. or with, you know, um, so many, uh, Mahalia Jackson. I mean, I can tell you such a wide variety of names that I've been listening to my whole life. I still listen to. And, and they have changed, changed me. I mean, they've altered me in some very fundamental ways. And big segments of my life are connected to music. Oh, okay. I think of some moments of my life, you know, the birth of my child is connected to certain music that I heard all the time at that time. So I think it transcends. It's not about the language. It's not about the singer. It's what it does to you, what right. it makes you feel. Right. And ultimately, the goal is just that. You make the music and you share it and leave it out there. Mm. And I'm thrilled that all these thousands of fans on Facebook, that, you know, that you're here talking yeah. to me, and that I can reach your, your people, people and your fans. And, fans. and, and, that's and so I'm honored to be here. So hello to everybody. <laughs> That's right. You're here on Hoodrich Magazine with J.R. Strong, and we're sitting here with Miss Andrika Tristramoti Tandem, and her album is called Soul March, which is out now, and you can definitely. Um, what is your What is your website? 
our website, our Facebook page on on um, uh, on it's called Soul Chance Music. Soul Chance Music. And our website is also Soul Chance Music. Soul Chance Music. Make sure you go check it out. Make sure you get a copy. Which is on Amazon and and uh, iTunes. There you go. Now tell me, how did you end up getting nominated twice for a Grammy? I've been nominated once. Once? Yes. Okay. But for the previous album, this one has just come out. Okay. So but the I, jury's out. You know what? I'm 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 I'm, I'm predicting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, but you know I think it was really an extraordinary honor, John, because the fact that this also tells you how amazing musicians are, you know, because the Grammy process is voted on by everybody connected to the music industry. This mm. is not outsiders, it's people who are, and that, and so it's not one or two people that pick it. Right. It's thousands of people that vote on it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that my unknown album was together with Sergio Mendez, yes. who I, you know, who's Brazil 66 I grew up on. Yeah. I mean, I, I lived with Brazil 66 when I was very young. Mm -hmm. Bela Fleck, who had been nominated 29 times, mm -hmm. had won like 16 Grammys or something. And you had Angelique Kijo, who'd also won multiple Grammys, yes. who's a fabulous singer. I love her. I love her. Yeah. And Bebel Gilberto, whose father, Yao Gilberto, was the founder of Bossa Nova. Mm. And Chico Buarque, I lived in Brazil, so he's an, she comes from an amazing, these are people I worship. So I, I think it's this is where you know there's so much you don't understand. It's beyond your. Own. It's just, I couldn't have predicted it. This is grace. Yes, it is. And, uh, grace in operation. An operation, and it's a beautiful. It's beautiful. I, I, wow! I can't even. I can't even imagine. I can't imagine. That I was in shock when I saw my name and <laughs> and on the list. And I'm, I'm grateful, and a lot of people wrote to me, and they still keep writing they keep to me. writing, yeah. Because I think the music did something to them. So this is the power of music, and I think we are all, the musicians are a very open community. Mm. That, and I think it's, I was humbled mm -hmm. that these great musicians would, A, take the time to listen to my music, and then consider me, you know, worthy to vote for Right up there. Right that, up there, which is, is which is such an honor, and such a, such a, Act of grace. Well, that's where your music is. It's a pristine thing. I mean, top notch.
about the instrument that you play. I don't even want to pronounce the name. Tampura. Tampura. Now, what exactly is a tampura? See, the tampura that I use, that I play, is a, just a tonic drone. Mm. It's a very simple instrument. And basically, as I said to you, in Indian music, the pitching is very important. So we just set, you know, the, the third and the, and the tonic scale. And then you just use that to, to kind of ground yourself mm. around the pitch. On the album, we have, um, I, just on this album, we probably have over 30 or 40 instruments. But mm. so we've used very traditional instruments, which you will never hear. Um, he, you know, even in India, you don't hear them often. Wow. We, bought, we brought the instrumentalists from the mountains almost, way back to play on a couple of tracks. We brought people from, there's a group of wandering minstrels mm. called the Baos in Calcutta. And they play a very high flute. And they play a, like almost a two-stringed instrument right. called a dotara. It's a just, it's Tara. almost a, right. and, and, and then they also play like a single string instrument called the ektara. So we brought those musicians from the villages. Wow. We found them, found the best of them, brought them to the studios and recorded with them. Wow. Because I wanted, and so my first track, for example, it's a very traditional Indian um, instrumentation with this ancient folk uh, musician. Mm -hmm. But then we also use the, you know, the saxophone and the keyboard yeah. and the mandolin and, uh, you know, 16 violins and, you know, multiple percussion instruments. And of course we had guitar, we, you know, great guitar players, bass guitar, so all of that. So we really mixed the East and the West. Mm. So Sometimes it's a lot, but we loved it. Wow, it's great. I mean, it, it, it shows the fellowship too, because like you said, exactly. when musicians get together, man. And that's what happened. 
when when we got the musicians together, they just started jamming. I almost wanted to do a B-roll album where I could get these guys just playing with each other, which, you know, at some point we'll release some of the footage. It's fabulous. Mm. Now, who actually composes? Who does your composing and, and, and the score? Well, basically, I write my... I compose the whole music. Mm. I, because the inspiration comes to me. Mm-hmm. And then I have... When I, when I compose it, I also have an idea about what instruments I want to see. Mm-hmm. So I hear the instruments in my head. Mm. I, it sort of comes to you like an overall right. poem. Okay. And then the person who arranges the music is this amazing musician called Tejendra. He's in India. He's a Sarod master. He travels all over the world performing. He also has a wonderful Western music idea, even though he's a trained Indian classical singer, uh, Sarod player. So he then got the musicians together in India and he'd recorded it in the studio. So what would happen is he would then create a sequence. I would tell him what I wanted and what instruments I saw, that I wanted long notes. I might sometimes sing some sections and say this is what I would like. And then he would then do it, do a version of it, like in a sequence format and send it back to me. Sometimes I would love it and sometimes I would hate it. And then we'd go back and forth and back and forth and then finally the the orchestral notion would evolve mm. and then he he recorded and in a couple of cases I actually went there and we redid the whole thing because I, I wanted a certain sound for so much it took me longer to settle on the sound of the instruments right yeah. uh, it was it was more complex because it is like a chocolate cake mm. it's like a multi-layer chocolate right. cake so initially it's very if somebody said it it's like an attack on the senses mm-hmm. each you can't simply ignore it and there's so many layers because you could, in fact, I myself, it took me a long time mm-hmm. when I was doing the mixing mm-hmm. in post-production here mm-hmm. to listen to all these wow. sections because we have beautiful bass sounds and, you know, some cases we had 16 or, you know, 8 drums and all of them playing slightly different rhythms and we've played, we've played with patterns. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, half beats, quarter beats, you know, one-eighth beats. So we've done very complex patterns, but you have to hear it multiple times yeah. to get that. So how, how do you actually say, okay, this is the pattern that I'm going to use? Is it, is it? Well, I had the broad pattern. So I had an eight-beat, 16-beat, seven-beat, mm-hmm. 10-beat. So I had the broad, what we call talas. Like the raga, mm-hmm. this is the tala. So mm. this is the mu- the melody meets the rhythm, mm. and the tala is a rhythm. So and we have very very. So I have that the broad outline, but within those talas, there's a lot of room to play. Like you can take a seven beat cycle, and you can do one two three four one two three. Mm-hmm. That's seven. Mm-hmm. I can also do one two one two one two three. Mm. That's also seven. Mm-hmm. I can do one, two, three, one, one, two. Mm. That's also seven, but I've given a pause. Right. So you can just take seven beats, and I can give you ten different, com- many more combinations. combinations. And we've used, and that's where the subtlety of Indian music comes in. Mm. So we use the co- the complexity of the combinations, and the same with eight beats is like the world is open. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Two, three, four, one, two, three. Or I can give you different ways of breaking up eight beats. Mm-hmm. So we used all of that. Okay. So now most of the um, most of the chants and um, the ragas and what's the the, the tala. tala's 
Um, now I know they're they're uh, repetitive. Yeah. Right now, now are there any where you you tell a whole story or like? See, it's uh, the the earlier album, Soul Call, was an eight syllable healing chant. Eight syllables. Eight syllables. Om Namo Narayanaya. That's the only chant that's repeated. And that eight syllable is 6,000 years old. And what it said is that if you continuously re recite that or hear it, you know, it creates a protective armor around the body mm. as your body is going through all your processes. I mean, every second we are talking, right. you know, billions of cells are getting destroyed. Billions of cells are getting created, mm. and your existing cells are still being protected. Mm. So this just makes that whole process work more harmoniously. Mm. That's what it's believed. And if you hear all, you know, we have 80,000 plus Facebook uh, likes on Soul Chance Music, they will tell you, lots of, thousands of people have written those posts. You just have to go in and read them. If you go yeah. to our older posts, yeah. people will say, I'm transported to a different place because, you know, my little baby would never go to sleep. An American reporter wrote this to me. He said, my son wouldn't sleep. And uh, July 4th fireworks, the only thing that calmed him down was the music, was your music. So I, and this is wisdom that I don't possess, but this is wisdom handed down from the ancient times. Like if you hear a beautiful African chant sometimes, you know, I, and I hear them, some amazing music. Like I was, I was in a car the other day and I heard this music from Senegal. And I just cried the whole way in the taxi because it was so profound, it was so moving, and it was this man singing, I have no idea what he was saying, mm. but it, my hair was standing on end, and I couldn't believe, and it wasn't, he wasn't particularly in tune, mm. but it was something about the words that evoked a cell memory almost. Mm. So I think that's what happens. That's beautiful. Music is so amazing, and I, I'm happy that I'm a musician also. So tell me about your music. Well, I'm. I've been. A, I've been. A, I've been playing since I was the age of seven, actually, as a drummer uh, in church. Grew up in church, and um, you know, I in Pentecostal church and whatnot. So we played, you know, the traditional American gospel, if you want to call it, you know, gospel music. And I'm from the islands, so you know, I have that that West Indian influence with the calypso and you know. So and as you, it's so funny that you mentioned the word raga because where I'm from they use raga also. Oh really? But we use the raga um, when we we're talking about soca. We call soca music. So we have what's called a raga, which raga and chutney. Okay, which is as a form of you know Hindu little bit right. of sprinkled in there yeah. with the you know the calypso and the soca music. So when, when you were saying raga, I was like. You know, it actually meant the same, same, same thing. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay. I'm sure the origins are the same. Yeah. 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 So I was like, okay. They're more in common than we know. Exactly. Like when we just when we start to get into the traditions. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's amazing. But you know, I've like, I've been playing, like I said, for many years. I haven't played in a while, so I'm kind of like uh, feeling it. You know, because you have to release, and that for me is a form of release. When I play the drums. It takes me. I mean, I really just literally go. My eyes are closed, and, and I play. I play a trap set, 
you know, sometimes seven peas, it depends, ten peas, whatever. But it, especially in church, there's a feeling that comes up with me, and I said, the most high that comes down and grabs me, and he just takes control, and takes control, and I play without even having my eyes open, and I hit everything so precise. And if I can tell you that's me, I couldn't because after a while, it takes me a minute to come down off of that. I, I call it a high because I'm like, I, I feel it. Like my, my, everything is just pulsating, you know, and it's after you stop, like you're still like, I gotta let it out, I gotta let it out. You know, so like right now, I, it's been a few years since I've played, but I'm getting that itch to get back in there, you know, because I'm doing so much with the videos and all of this stuff, so I haven't had that, that, that time put into my music like I really want to. You know, I'm the type of person I put my drum set out in my backyard, you know, and just play. And people will be like, don't your neighbors complain? My neighbors pass by and they go, are you playing today? Are you playing today? And I'm like, wow. I remember I lived in Brooklyn and the young men used to come and sit under my, in my apartment complex and they would sit under my window. And I'd be in my bedroom and all I had in my bedroom was a sleeping bag and my drum set. That's it. And I would get and I'd start playing and I look out the window and these young men would be sitting and they'd have their books and they'd be writing. They write rhymes and poetry and different things from listening to me play. You know. Wow. But you know that you and I I have a common story with you. Mm. When I came to America, I had twenty four dollars in my pocket and then I got a uh, I had no money and I got a little uh, money from my company because I just got a job. Mm -hmm. They gave me, I think, a, a few thousand dollars to uh, furnish the apartment and get started. I spent everything on a Martin guitar. Mm. I spent most of my money and on the best stereo system I could afford at that time. And I remember for one month I lived on yogurt. Wow. And I had no bed, I had nothing. I had a sheet, but I had a great guitar and I had a stereo system. I lived in a, and I, the, the rent was paid for it. So literally, but I ran out of money. I didn't have money for food because I literally used all the money for Get this. And it was, that's what I had. Wow. And, and I'm talking about inspiration. You were talking about, you don't know how you play. The story of my album, Soul Call, how that was created and how Soul March also to some degree was created, mm -hmm. was with Soul Call, I woke up at three in the morning. I wasn't intending to compose an album. Mm. Nothing. At three in the morning, I woke up, I, my head was hurting, but all I wanted to do was compose this, this chant. And at three in the morning, and I sat with my keyboard and I sat with a little tape recorder and I literally sang out in rough outline six out of the eight chants that I, that I eventually ended up using. Mm. And the same thing with this one. It literally came to me and in a rush, I had all the songs very easily put together. And then I refined it and I fussed with it, so to speak. But basically, I was done. Mm. And so this is where, you know, who, who, I just feel like, you know, we're all instruments of the higher power. Yes. Who's taking us to a path and we are here to serve, you know. Oh, this yeah. music is not about me. I, that's why I feel thrilled that you, that you say all these wonderful things, but I take no ownership of it. Amen. You should. This you know, great. It's because it's not, yeah. it's, I'm just an instrument yeah. passing it yeah. through to everyone now. Amen. And you're a very, very humble person. You're a very powerful person, but you're very humble. Okay. And it's like, you don't find 
even though there are people out here with the, the, those type of characteristics, you don't find that too much. You know, you really don't. You know, and it, it's a beautiful thing when, you know, like, I met you, what, two years ago? But yet it still felt like I met you yesterday. You know? I feel the same way about like you. I was just at, you know, we, we just left each other not too long ago. But I think we're kindred spirits, John. Wow. I think that's why I was excited to see you again and do this. And I've never forgotten you. And, you know, so, and I'm thrilled to be here and reconnect. And, uh, and what a great show you have. Thank you so much. 175,000 fans, indeed. Thank you so in much. In no time? In, in, in a matter of months. <coughs> How do you do you this? Know, the most high. I, I, I can't tell you a formula. We just do it. You know, and it actually came from us all. I have two... Um, great people with me, Mr. James Muhammad and Ms. Rafika Muhammad, who are the, um, also the creators and uh, producers of uh, the Keys 107 Network. And um, Ms. Rafika and I, we go back many years. She is a um, she's a journalist, and now she has a PR company. And I worked with her many years. She actually gave me my first chance to put out an article in the magazine. Oh, nice. You know, so, I, and we went everywhere together. Anywhere she was going and she was doing interviews with all these celebrities and all these shows, I was right there with her as a sidekick, you know, and, and we just kept that friendship over the years. And it's been over about 20, 20 plus years. Oh, that, wonderful. You know, and we always talked about, back in the day, we always talked about us actually doing some type of radio show or something, you know. And lo and behold, Many years later, I get the phone call. She calls me Rick. Hey, Rick, what's up? I said, how you doing? I'm good. Said, Listen, I have a network. I would love for you to be a part of it. And I was like, oh, really? Okay. So I came in, and um, next thing you know, I'm producing shows on the network, and then I started doing my own show, and, and that was it. Everything just started taking off, you know? And, I mean, it, it's been great. I mean, it's not, you know, it, it's crazy because... This is not something that we're doing for for money, even though money is there. That's not the reason why we're doing what we're doing at the Keys 107 Network. We're doing this because we want to give the mass information. We want to give them thought, you know, patterns, things to make them think about whatever it is they want to think about, and also give them hopefully solutions to certain, you know, problems or whatever it is, whatever we can do. You know, we have a lot of uh, interesting programming on, on, on our network, one of them which is called the Peacekeepers, which is um, the Peacekeepers Initiative, which I'm a part of myself, Mr. Speaker, um, and a whole lot of people around the nation, also in um, England and I think now Africa, where it is just people coming together in, in the name of peace. And we're doing things in our neighborhoods each individual neighborhood Amazing. to promote peace. We take one hour, that's all we need, one hour out of our day to do something. I really so relate to this idea because, mm. you know, I've, in fact, a lot of the new work I'm composing now is all on peace. Mm. That's what I'm composing on and that's what I, I'm really, I, in fact, I've been singing a benefit concert for the Global Peace Initiative and and I end all most of my concerts with a song on peace. That's beautiful. This is something I really think. I think the more you find the light inside, the more you can 
uh, spread the peace outside. Yes. Don't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm in a place today that if, if it was, I'll say four years ago, five years ago, I don't think I would be as calm and as confident as I am now in who I am and why, what my purpose is for being here. You know, even if I still don't have a clue, the things that I do daily gives me that inspiration to know that I am somehow doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, it's amazing. And, I, you know, I thank the Most High because we walk around in a state of confusion most of the time. And I, I relate to that because I think the more... One of the most beautiful things about this whole journey that I've taken with the music side, mm-hmm. which has also led me to really get in touch with myself mm. in a very profound way, it, it's helped me do two things. Like, so on the one hand, I've always been, you know, into prayers. You know, I grew up in, though my, my tradition is Hindu, mm-hmm. I grew up with a Catholic, mm-hmm. in a Catholic convent school. Mm-hmm. That's where I went. And then I've been, you know, involved with the Jesuits you know, with with um, Muslim faith, but pretty much all because I believe in mm-hmm. uh, really brotherhood of man. I yes. believe that there are many roads to God and we are all, we all choose our path yes. and we just, you know, I see God in your face. Yes. And so yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of my philosophy. And what is wonderful is that for me, it's been a great juxtaposition of prayer and meditation. Mm. And somebody said this beautiful statement to me, which I didn't really get. Mm. He said, prayer is when you're talking to God, meditation is when you're listening to God. Mm. Isn't that an interesting that statement? Because you quiet your mind and then you can let, let, and let it all, let, let the divine come to you. Yeah. And so I'm very aware of that. So I think of both those sides and so I now try to spend, the music lets me meditate and get in touch with the, with the source and prayers and, and the, the music itself is a form of prayer. So I think music is a great way to do both. It is, definitely.
Now, I know that you're definitely inspiration to um, a few people out here. Um, tell us a little bit of um, what you do. I, I saw a picture with you with some women, um, the women of India. I don't know what it was, actually, because I just a quick glimpse. Well, I do, I do lots of things. I mean, I'm involved with many um, NGOs in India. I'm involved with some NGOs in Brazil, but I'm involved with a lot of NGOs in India. And, and my interest is to support women's women's causes because once you really get the women in a place of economic power then they have the power to they will transform their families and this is not about you and me this is really about generations because we cannot be happy in this world unless we have most of the people like you're talking of peacekeepers until most of the people around us are happy my daughter spent two years working with Teach for America mm. in Washington, D.C., in inner city, D.C., and we would spend a lot of time in the school, in her school, and go visit children and really look for ways to support her and in her quest. Mm. Um, because we think it's, it's, to me, it's the most important issue for us here, too. So while we do work in India, I spend a lot of my time here thinking about education, thinking about empowering women, and thinking about how do we give women in particular, but everybody, just economic livelihood. Because I think at the end of the day, you, if a family doesn't have enough to eat and enough to live on, it's hard, hard. It's hard to get beyond that. You know, in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you need to get your basic needs satisfied. And so we just need to help all our fellow men and women get there. Definitely. Definitely. So I spend, um, I'd say more and more, and my, my prayer is that more and more of my life can be spent in some form of service. Mm, that's beautiful.
If I could spend most of my time, I would probably give up almost everything I have and I would be wrapped up in, in a quiet space somewhere doing music and communing with the wow. spirit. Wow. But I'm in the worldly life. You know, I, I guess I shouldn't say this enough. But this is, you're, you're asking me an unexpected deep question here. So I have to give you an honest answer. Um, I went away for a 10-day course where I was in silence for 10 days mm. with no cell phone and, and it was a profoundly blissful experience and I, I, I love that. But I, I, so, but I would still be doing my music and music in a very... A music is a... Is, I think in a lot of ways I sang before I could speak. Mm. All my chores when I was younger we lived in a very simple home. We didn't have much, but we would sing. Whatever we were doing, we would sing. Education was a great, at a great premium, and so I worked very hard. And I spent a lot of time in the business world and in in sort of in the material world. But that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But what I am—that's not who you are—is like different. <laughs> mm. And so I've over the, I've been privileged, and so that's why I think of a success. I've been so privileged that even at this later stage in my life, I've been able to bring the two sides together mm. and choose back to the first question you asked me. I have more of a freedom to choose between 
one or the other because both sides of the brain it's fun to exercise both sides of the brain mm-hmm. wow okay. uh, what would you say to anyone listening right now uh, who who is contemplating about their life you know what they should do or don't do or you know they, they really feel like they're in a, a place of still, like still water, they're not moving anywhere, okay, and they're looking for an outlet or some type of, um, like, outlet to, 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 to help them to guide them onto a, that path. I would say three things. One is, I would say, at the core of yourself, if you don't have inner confidence and an inner strength, it doesn't matter what you are on the outside. Mm. I really believe uh, that that's the most, particularly for younger people, and when I give speeches to students, and I do a lot of that, this is the first thing I tell them. Because without that inner strength, you know, life is always going to throw ups and downs at you. Yes. But you can't toss and turn. People are going to love you, people are going to hate you. Mm-hmm. That's life, 50-50. things will go right, 50% things will go wrong, if you're lucky. But if you're somewhat unlucky, sometimes in some phases, 80% will go wrong, and some phases, 80% will go right. But, you know, it's to be expected, but you can't be tossed and turned by that and be a football of everyone's opinions and everyone's feelings. So I think the number one thing I would say is just cultivate the inner strength so everything looks joyous around you. I'd say the second thing, which is a real challenge for some of our young people today, is you have to do your best. You have to really do the best you are you can in that circumstance, and not worry about what's in it for me. Because I do believe the universe has a plan. I mean, when I set up my company, I didn't have a goal of what money I was going to make or anything. It was really about an idea. It was, and so I think it's very important for. Uh, you to find an idea to do your best around something that's your passion and to really think a lot about what is it that you like doing and to really pursue that because then that creates your own joy you might still have to do a job to keep a livelihood but as you talk of you know your eyes light up when you speak about the drums yes you know yes. you're just you, you're like a different man i'm sitting here watching you mm. and and i and like you you're sitting here doing this tv show with with so much love and compassion and I think that's all part of what makes you tick. And I think everybody needs to find that passion. For you, this is not a money-making thing. You're doing it because you love it's it. It's my passion. It's, it's my your love. passion. So that will sustain a lot of it. And finally, it's kind of a dumb thing, but I really do believe that all of us should build our castles in the sky mm. and fill the foundations in later. <laughs> okay. Because I think the universe it's really out to make you succeed. The universe is not wanting you to fail. I mean, if you look at this, right, God put us on this earth with so much love. Look at the 222 bones in our body. Who can imagine this marvel of engineering? Yes. The billion cells in your body that are working, and each one is a little uh, enterprise unto itself. Mm-hmm. Who would have imagined that? So with so much happening and so much care has been taken by the Creator in making us, why would he or he let us down? True. 
So I think, you know, we're protected. We're all protected. And we have a journey to make, and that's kind of not that important. Yeah. Just do your best. And, and I think I think it life is a great journey. Definitely, we are so lucky to be born a human being. Yes, yes. Think about it. I mean, to look at the look at look at the world how it is. Now, that, now we just happen to be on the top of the food chain. Yes. You know, for now. <laughs> you know, and it, it's amazing when you think about what what we've been blessed with, the, the capabilities that we've been blessed with, the, you know, the things that, the creation, and the, just the things that just come out of our, our minds. And yes. Like, what? What yeah. an amazing, what an amazing creature the human being is. And we don't, we don't use it to the fullest degree. Not and at all. I feel like we have an obligation to, and, but to do it with joy. Yes. Yeah. Do it with joy, no malice, no greed. And you know what kills And with you? love and compassion, and compassion for others. There you go. Because there I think go. compassion really makes the world go round, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think the, one of the things I used to be a perfectionist, you know, I used to think a lot about wanting to do the best. And, but you know, we are all perfection today, right here, right now. Mm. The perfection isn't something that's going to happen. Right this minute, this we is a are. perfect moment. Amen. And I think it's a whole frame of mind. And then when you start to look at it, you aren't getting somewhere. It, you're not talking about where you've been. You're in the now. Yes. We are in the now. Yes. We are enjoying the now. So every moment is a moment of definitely. happiness. Yes, definitely. And a very fundamental, visceral happiness.
Sometimes we um we look for um quick fixes, you know. And everything especially today, everything happens quick. You right. see it on T V. You watch a commercial that's sixty seconds, flash, 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 and it's you know. Um is is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? What is it? I mean See, but I think part of the reason we keep running after some gratification is we don't have the gratification inside ourselves. Mm. Because the reason I feel happy with you is not only because you're a wonderful guy, because I feel happy with myself. Amen. So I think we have to spend, all of us have to spend a lot of time. How, if I'm a really unhappy person inside, however beautiful you are, I can't enjoy the best of you. Exactly. It's or we're done and then, and then the moment you leave, I'm then stuck again with my unhappiness. Mm. So I think there's a pre- there's a premium on we talk of stress reduction, but stress reduction is not out there. We have to do it inside ourselves. And you think, you know, if you have a trillion people who are all happy inside, what kind of planet would we create? Amazing. We want to create a planet that's better for not just for us but for each Everybody, other yes. and and like for generations to come. Mm-hmm. We, we we are caretakers of the earth. Mm. So our whole philosophy would be different. Yes, we definitely need to think different. And like you were talking about stress, because that's one of the things that um not not just not just with the the older people, but young people today are stressed very much stressed. Okay. That's why we're having things that are happening with these young children in schools that are shooting up schools and. I mean, some horrific things that I'm like, wow, I would never would think that I would see that happening today with with who is happening with, you know what I mean? And and I'm like yep. amazed because it's like, if that's how, I, I sometimes think maybe I'm thinking wrong because I must be missing something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. What am I missing? Because... For a person to do certain things, you know, and I'm not trying to name any, you know, particular incident, but just the whole thought pattern to want to hurt people, people that you don't even know, you know what I'm saying, that never did anything to you, but because you have whatever it is that's in you. That's because anger. you've got the anger inside, and, and the reason is that, you know, we, there's kids or people stay for years in therapy and try to work out the anger. And all those are important techniques. But I think at the end of the day, you have to figure out a way to let it go. And and there are many ways, there are many traditions that allow you to let it go, whether it's meditation, whether it's breathing techniques, whether it's exercise, endorphins, different ways to keep yourself happy. 
if you can't keep yourself happy, and by the way, it's not easy to do. If this were easy, we would all be just a happy person. Really it's awfully hard to do. Mm-hmm. But we have an obligation. You know, years ago, when I would get mad, you know, my husband would say, well, it's not my responsibility to make you happy. You have to make yourself happy. And I would get mad at him and say, well, what do you mean? I married you. You're supposed to be making me happy. But there's a lot of truth to it. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have an obligation to ourselves because to be our highest self. And I don't think we can show from that. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. And I think it's, it's, it would be, you know, it's, we're talking about stress among the kids. I saw this amazing program. It was in LA and San Francisco, where apparently in one of the middle schools, and the superintendent of the schools of that region were there. In that middle school assembly, this is, the, ki- the kids couldn't come together because they were fighting so much. There was so much anger, so much tension among these eighth graders. And they put in what they call quiet time in the classroom, done by the David Lynch Foundation. In the morning, for I think it was 12 minutes, and in 4 o'clock for 12 minutes they started to get these kids to have quiet time. Just they taught them some very simple form of meditation. And they did this, this was compulsory. They all had to do it. And then they showed the videos of what happened to that middle school assembly room a few months later. You have all these kids sitting in utter silence with their eyes closed, kids that beat each other up. And all the kids, they did an interview with all these children. And the children were talking about how they don't, you know, now they get angry, they still get angry, mm-hmm. but they don't turn out and hit somebody with a baseball bat. They, they know, know to take a deep breath, to do what they need to do to, to calm themselves down. It's not that you'll never get angry. Things, you know, we all have different likes and dislikes, that's life. But how you deal with them? Every time somebody, I don't like something, you say, I can't beat you up. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to have the distance to be able to step away from it and that's all we're giving the children or, or adults too. So we, we really, I mean, with the music it's helped me do that but I, I really think it's my, my own central thing. Though I don't get as mad or my, my emotions are much more blunt now. Because I, I, I also see that sometimes when, you, when somebody does something I don't like now, it really is, they're not meaning to hurt me. Right. Yeah. You know, if you go to nine people or ten people in the world and ask them, um, do you want to hurt me? They don't want to. Fundamentally, they really want to like you. Mm-hmm. And once I assume that, I mean, like when I meet you, I assume you like me. Mm-hmm. I'm not doubting it. Right. And the, the mind is a very odd body. The mind likes to think of the negative. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? If uh, somebody told me this, that if 10 people pay you a compliment and say, God, John, that's a very sharp shirt. But one person among the 10 or the 11th person says, you know, blue's not your color. An hour later, you won't remember the 10 people that told you about the shirt. Yeah. You will remember the that guy one. that said, it's, it's the nature of the mind to think of the negative. Mm-hmm. That is so true because I find myself, I used to do that at times. You know, I'm doing something or I think about something that I have to do with this. You know, I, I get a certain negative thought about it, or like, you know, what if this happened, what is that? And I'm going, wait a minute, why am I thinking that way? Why am I really thinking that way? There's nothing wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm putting stress on myself. Well, once you know that that's not you, that's the nature of your mind. Mm-hmm. Your mind just likes negative things. 
you then say, hey, if I'm feeling a negative moment, that's not me, that's my mind that's acting up a little bit, and just move on. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's been so beautiful sitting here and talking to you. I'm so happy that you were able to come by here on Hoodrich Magazine and bless us. And I would love for you to come back. And um, what we're going to do is we're going to highlight the Soul March album for the next few weeks. Great. And um, I really would like for you to come back again and, and sit and let's talk it up again. This is great. I'm having tea. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much. You know, you're a you're a pleasure. I understand, and many blessings that you have a million followers in thank no time. You. Thank you so much. You're, you're you just so. such a calm, kind, beautiful human being, thank and I'm you. so happy to be on the show. I'm thank glad you're my friend. You. Yes, so am I. I'm 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 ecstatic that you're my friend, really. Yeah. And I do talk about you all the time. <laughs> That's so sweet of you. So just tell the um, audience. And thank again. you for this beautiful bracelet. Oh, yes, by Miss Nicole by Williams. It's, uh, Nicole, thank you so much. It's beautiful. You know, and I'm wearing it. The color was especially picked for you because I know your instrument was, um, I think it was almost in color. Right? And these are the colors of my Soul March album. <sighs> so it's very well chosen. Thank you. Exactly the colors of my album cover. Really? Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. I yep. didn't see it. That it's is the beautiful. same colors of the album cover. I, I was like, that's the one. That's the one. Definitely have to have it. I'm honored that you can wear it. You're wearing it right now. Right. <laughs> oh, beautiful. And and if anybody has comments, you know, my Facebook page is Soul Chant Music, C H A N T S Music, and and we just follow us there, press like, and and come and write comments. We'd love oh, to hear definitely. from you. Definitely. This is J R Strong, Hood Rich Magazine. What's rich in your hood? With Miss Chandrika, Christian Moti, Tandem. Don't forget the name of the album is Soul March. Okay, and you can find the album at Amazon and iTunes. And iTunes. And don't forget that you can tune in to the Keys 107 Network at any time to listen to this podcast or any of the podcasts on the Keys 107 Network. Once again, you have a great night and God bless you and Miss Tandem. Once again, thank you so much. Thank you, John. <laughs> thank you, everybody. Bye bye. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.